Hi, I'm Rachel Monteleone and welcome to Kittypedia, the podcast. I'm not an expert. However, I do speak with them with the view of providing you with expert information and advice to help you be the best parent that you can be. Together, let's give children the life they deserve and a positive future. Hello and welcome. Well, we all know that feeling when your home is in need of a good clean out and it is overcluttered. You know, it can feel a little bit like life is just unorganized. And for me personally, and I'm sure you're the same, it it can affect our moods, our thoughts, um, and even sometimes our ability to be social, having friends and family over to visit. You know, as we know, life is just really busy and it can feel like there's never enough time for, you know, big household projects such as decluttering. But uh, apparently it doesn't have to be one huge task that drains you, just as our special guest is going to give us some really helpful tips today, and I can't wait to hear about them. So today we're speaking with Narelle King, who will share helpful tips for anyone looking for support in decluttering your home to make it just that little bit easier and just to stop that feeling of overwhelm. Now, Narelle will break it down into small tasks and help teach us how we can add small amounts of decluttering into our daily and weekly routines. Um, So thank you so much for joining us. Narelle, how are you doing? Oh, good. Thanks, Rach, for having me. Now, for anyone watching and listening, I'm just going to give them a little bit of an introduction into who you are. Now, Narelle is a yin and nidra yoga instructor and wellness coach for Simply Happy. Now, she works she works with working mums who are always on the go and struggle with the constant juggle of work and family commitments that leave them feeling exhausted and just taking a toll on their health. Um, now, it's been a few months since our chat last year, and we had the ability to, to talk out lots of stuff right in the belly of the beast during um, COVID last year, but it's been a few months, um, and I'd just love to know from your perspective, looking back on the year that was um, last year, I mean, how, how are you sort of feeling about sort of 2020 and where things are in life? Is that now in 2021? No, it's, it's great. It's great to, I suppose, where feeling... Um, we know what if we do go into a lockdown, what to expect now, um, which is great. That takes out of that uncertainty. But, um, yeah, and it's great to have the kids back at school. So, yeah, life, life's good and um, work is extremely busy. So, yeah, I'm actually working a lot of doing the coaching around organisation with families and in particular families um, with NDIS plans. So, um, generally autis- autistic children and just setting up some simple strategies to help the family with their organisation and decluttering as well so that the children can achieve whatever the goals are that they've got set for themselves. Maybe it's around dressing, maybe it's around um, meal planning and foods or just getting ready in the morning. So, yeah. Now, we published um, an article uh, titled How to Declutter Your Home with Kids and Reduce the Mental Load. Now, for someone who hasn't read your article yet, can you please tell us what it's about and what inspired you to write it? Well, it's definitely the work that I do with clients. Um, and so, you know, I, I feel really privileged that I'm able to go into people's house and physically work with them before um, when I did my wellness coaching, I was focusing on, it was more online and goal setting with individual clients, whereas now I'm able to go into people's home and I actually really enjoy that a lot more because you're physically there. You can see the barriers 
Um, and so I just put this together to share some tips that I find really helpful for those clients and past clients that I've worked with, which was around goal setting and um, it was more online and doing it um, over the phone instead. Yeah. Well, I'd love to know from your perspective, how do you think clutter actually does affect our lives? What are your thoughts? Oh, well. Oh, there's so many things. But this is just an example from last week. I decluttered with a mum her bedroom. And, it, you know, we'd been working for over six months together and she kept saying, oh, I'm not emotionally ready to do the bedroom yet, not do the bedroom. Anyway, we did it two weeks ago and I just saw her today and she was like, I can't believe how well I've slept since I did um, the bedroom. So she's like, I wish I had have done it six months ago. So it is hard because there's that so much emotional attachment within the bedroom, but that is probably the biggest benefit I see is when we do do the bedroom and we work up to that, um, it's sleep that it impacts the most. Um, also, and, and then there's people who have desks in their bedrooms as well, and especially during, um, you know, the year that we've had workspaces. So I find that when we declutter that, it also helps with the, you know, that mental fatigue. Otherwise they're just thinking, oh, there's a, all that stuff I need to do tomorrow, whereas once we've decluttered it, set up a system around um, organisation and what they're going to do each day, it sort of just takes it out of their brain and it's nice and clean. So definitely sleep, um, decision-making and um, finding time for, for things that they enjoy because other clients that I've worked with, they're like spending, you know, 10 minutes trying to find a stapler or an envelope for something that needs to go back to school and um, they're looking in, you know, all these drawers, whereas once we've sort of decluttered and organised and set up a system in a home, um, it, it just saves so much time. Yeah. Um, I wanted to ask you just what your opinions are on the the KonMari method, um, which we've we sort of um, come to understand. And if anyone that doesn't know um, what it is, it really encourages tidying by category, not by location, beginning with clothes and moving to different things in the house, um, being books, papers, then miscellaneous items, and then finally sentimental items, but only keeping the things that speak to your heart and discarding items no, that no longer spark joy. Um, mm -hmm. I just wanted to ask what your opinion is on on that particular method that's sort of become widely sort of popular in the last couple of years. Yeah, definitely. Like even um, I can just think of yesterday, it was like batteries. I, mean, we were, I found some batteries. I was like, is there batteries anywhere else in the house? Yes, there's batteries here and there's batteries here. And it was like bringing them together and putting them with all the other things that related to that, which was like the digital technology type things so giving it a home and putting it together as a category and I find that that you might do one one thing and then you'll say now you sure there's not any more towels anywhere else in the house or craft is another big one is there any more craft oh actually there's paints here and there's some paints here kids paint so it's bringing it all together to be able to organize it and it really I think the biggest thing that I've noticed especially over the last 12 months with clients is how it's made them more intentional about their, their shopping moving forward. So then they look at what they've got and say, oh, we've got, you know, all these paints. I do not need to buy any more paints or it's stationary. We don't need to buy any more because we've got a lot of it here. So, yeah, I do do category and I find we do the sentimental stuff last. A lot of them will say, well, we could just start here. And I'm like, really? Like, how do you feel emotionally? Mm, there yeah, maybe not so then we will start with something a lot easier like like the kitchen where there's not 
the emotional sentiments around it, um, yeah, so it's a, it's a lot easier decision-making. So I definitely, um, yeah, would agree with that Marie Kondo method. And, and, and why do you find that people generally just hoard and hold on to things? And I'll put my hand up. I'm a little bit of a hoarder sometimes too, so I'd love to understand a little bit more. Um, for me, it's, it's a very big, it's a time thing, um, hence why I want to really get into the nitty-gritty stuff of what you're going to share with us today. But what, why have you found people generally hoard and hold on to items? Is it because of that emotional attachment that it's they have emotional. to items? Yeah, it's definitely that emotional attachment. So when we are decluttering um, items, it it's always looking at the emotion. What's the emotion you're feeling? And I think that's the great link of um, the yin yoga and also the organisation. And that's why I haven't separated them as two different businesses because they're actually really interrelated because you're able to, yeah, then sit sit with those emotions and rather than just pushing them aside, like I would in the past, I would have pushed them aside and got busy and decluttered or organised something but it's sitting with those emotions. I wonder why. Why am I feeling this way, or why? Why am I holding on to that that particular item? What is that emotion that I'm, you know, using to to feed that emotion because I enjoy that that feeling? Whereas it may be somewhere else you could um, get that. Maybe it's connection. You're not getting enough connection in your life, and you've got those items that you feel really connected to. Yeah. It's very interesting when you really do sort of start to look at it and the psychology behind it and even just the cultural aspects of it because, I mean, there's many cultures that really live in a minimalist uh, sort of lifestyle that I think the Danish um, are like that, a lot of Japanese. Of course, you've got feng shui with China. It's, it's just a very interesting um, thing to, to look and to study and to understand. Now, I'd love to just talk through now what your tips are to start to declutter. Um, so the first thing that you mentioned in your article is, uh, planning. Um, planning is ongoing. So can you maybe just talk to us a little bit about that? Definitely. Like you need to decide so when you're going to do it, when you've got the time and the energy. There's no point um, saying, yeah, I'm going to start today and you've got to pick, and this is at say two o'clock in the afternoon, you've got to pick the kids up at 3:30. Um, it's like planning, okay, if I need to do a big job where it's going to take a lot of um, mental capacity around, definitely paperwork. Is something there's not you're not going to start that at the end of the day when you're drained so it, it would be planning like I'm going to do that at the start of the day um yeah so looking at your day your energy how much energy you have and how much time you have and and how much emotional attachment might be to those particular items so something in your planning like somewhere in your kitchen might be a great start and what I find with clients that I have that I have on a regular basis is we do a little bit and then we slowly build up to the paperwork or the bedroom, so um, or clothes. So we yeah start with a small smaller area that's still going to have an impact on their life, and just it builds momentum. You know when you've done it, you just feel so good. Oh, and look at all this stuff that maybe we're donating or um, getting rid of, of somehow whatever it is. Um, it just makes them feel so much better and so much lighter. It's like almost like they almost look lighter when they're standing in front of you as well. So interesting. You, you've touched on energy because it can be quite exhausting sort of uh, as an additional activity to be able to declutter and um, you are going through those emotions also. Do you suggest with um, this point of planning that you should sort of set a time frame and say within the next six months we're going to do rooms A, B and C uh, to, to break it down a little bit? Yes or no? I don't yeah. know. Yeah. 
Yeah, definitely. And I it's about setting an intention of the goal. What is the goal? Like it might be we want to tidy up the games and, and craft cupboards so the kids have access after school to those items because at the moment they're not playing with it because it's, you know, stuffed in a cupboard that's got other things, linen and stuff in there as well. So it's setting up what, what the reason is why you want to do it and then looking at what's yeah what time you've got and how long you think it is so generally when I work with a client I'll only work for three hours at a time is the maximum I find because there's so much emotional and so much decision making that they've got to make you know we make um, 35,000 decisions a day and you're taking a lot of those away just um, by decluttering so it is really physically exhausting and but mentally and that's why I think people ask you to come and help them because you're doing sort of a lot of that physical because the emotional is for them whereas it's not emotional for me I'm not feeling yes, that attachment to it so yeah, yeah helping get through that physical um side of it so that they can use all their energy on the mental the mental part of it that's and that's great. why I think you know that sort of a professional organizational area like they're they're just such a valuable resource in our community um, that, you know, and their profile has definitely been raised over the last few years and definitely through Marie Kondo. Yeah. The next point you make also is to write things down and in particular organisation eliminates, um, organisation also eliminates decision-making. Um, so yeah. making planning your uh, your week can make things a whole lot easier. So once again, that goes into that whole planning thing again. Could you maybe speak a little bit more about this point? Yeah. Um, so with the planning, like I've got two things that I really enjoy. I have a command centre. So like we said before, with my son um, being on the autism spectrum, he really needs like a visual schedule still during the morning to still remind him of what he needs to do. Um, you know, so that's there as well as a visual calendar so he knows what he's doing each day so he can see Monday through to Sunday. Um, and, I mean, it helps even my husband and I just a quick glance to see what's going on. Um, so we have that uh, command centre. You know, other people have things like their menu planning um, on there as well. So, again, it eliminates decision-making. You can see maybe what you're having throughout the week and help with the organisation of um, food that you need rather than going to the supermarket six days. Six days, you're just going maybe once or twice to top up a few things. So definitely a command centre I recommend as a visual sort of board in your house somewhere. And it doesn't have to be big. It doesn't even need like much space. Ours is like on a walkway through our kitchen. Um, Yeah, it's just on a dead wall that no one used on the side of the fridge. And then the other thing is a shared calendar. So um, I started using a shared calendar, Life Sorted, um, maybe four years ago when it was first launched. And it's been fantastic. So my husband and I are on the same page, especially when he was working in Melbourne. He could see what was going on after school, where the kids were, appointments, especially with my son. There were so many appointments at the start that we weren't used to, um, which, you know, we're lucky we can do some of them at school now as well. And we've got into that rhythm. So a shared calendar has been wonderful. And eventually, like my daughter will be in year seven next year, she will be then be able to use it as well. So it actually has integrated them both in there, but at the moment they don't use it, but they will um, once they move in. So you can actually share like little reminders. You can see whatever you want to see and you can close off like your husband's sort of thing. You can share like for your information only that I'm going out 
um, tonight or I've got yoga tonight. So um, it's not, and then you can actually include people in it. So, yeah, I really, really love that. But there's a few other, you know, shared calendars out there, family-friendly shared calendars. So they'd be my two, yeah, two main planning tips for in the house. The next one you mentioned is about routines and rituals. Um, How can they, I guess, simplify our week then and just help us to share the load in general? So routines are like, you know, there's sort of the rhythm in a routine. So I do because with some people that I do work with, they find a routine too regimented, too hard. And then there's other people like, for example, my son, if we don't have a routine even on the weekend, he doesn't cope. So he needs to know on Friday night what we're doing throughout the weekend. It doesn't have a time attached, but it has a rough idea of what's happening morning, lunch and after afternoon. So it depends on the person, but it is going to help eliminate decision-making is probably the biggest thing that's going to help with you, um, help you and your family. So it might be more in the morning, a morning routine of what, what needs to be done. It doesn't necessarily have to go in order. It could be breakfast first and then getting dressed and making the beds or whatever, packing lunch boxes if it's for you, but also for your children. And I think that's one of the things that we forget also being a school teacher. Um, schools are just all about routine. You know, they have to eat their food at a set time. They have to do everything as a set time. And so, therefore, like when we were um, at remote learning, it's like trying to integrate that back into our lives a little bit because that's what children are used to. And, um, yeah, they, they again, they just, they're used to that. They enjoy knowing what's next rather than having too many surprises and unpredictability. But there's some people who like a little bit of unpredictability. And I suppose the other thing is to look at is um, rhythms. I know um, for myself, when I started to work for myself, moving away from the school classroom setup, um, I found now that I'll focus on what my energy is like. So do I, in the morning, I'm going to be more likely to write a blog, whereas in the afternoon, I'm going to be maybe setting up calendars and sending things that I need to do for my clients or going shopping for organisational things that we need. So it's more of a rhythm around um, my energy and how I feel rather than a necessarily a routine. Mm-hmm. And Speaking about routines, like you say, say in the article, it really can sort of help us um, save time and energy um, and increasing productivity overall because um, time is always a factor in all aspects of everyone's life as well. Yeah, no, like, yeah, yeah. Like it could even be around sort of like your exercise, what um, what days maybe you're going to exercise within your family so that your husband or partner knows what day you're going to and trying to, you know, put that in. I know for me last year, I tried to do sort of online yoga and it was like a, you know, a portal and it just doesn't suit me because I need that set time. I need to know that at eight o'clock on Tuesday night, I'm going to the yoga class. So uh, yeah, so I switched over and then did classes that were actually at a set time online rather than, you know, whenever you want to do it, because I I needed that motive. It was that motivation to go and do it at a set time. So I suppose it's just looking at what what is it that you need for yourself? Is it more of a rhythm or is it more of a routine? And then our rituals is like things that we do on, you know, on special occasions that have meaning. So around birthdays and around Christmas time, Mm -hmm. um, Easter, you might have, I mean, I know lots of people in Australia have the ritual of going camping at Easter time. Um, So, yeah, looking at those as well, those um, things that you do around special occasions. 
Another thing you mentioned that everything has a home. So how can organising systems, all of our belongings, help eliminate stress um, and, of course, losing all important items? Yeah, so I love this. I heard it years ago when I started doing the organisational things. So imagine a fork. You've got a fork. You're going, um, if you gave your child a fork and you asked them to go put it away, would they know where to put it away? So they know, yeah, it goes in the cutlery drawer. So um, we want to try and make everything in our home like that fork. So there's a home for it. So if we said, where's the scissors? We're not looking. That seems to be one thing everyone's looking for, scissors. Sticky or tape. Sticky tape's another sticky thing. Tape. Every time I go to wrap a present, I'm like, where's the yeah. sticky tape every time? <laughs> and so it's creating a home for those things. And I like that you put them in like you know, like groups, like I find in the bottom of people's drawers might be birthday candles and then some birthday decorations and then there's paper plates somewhere else. And it's like, well, maybe they like each other. We could put them together in in a home. So in a box, yeah, group them together. But, it, and that's why it's really important. I could go in and declutter people's houses as sort of like the home edit and then they turn up and go, wow, but you actually need to work with the people because it's them saying what would they group together, like batteries. I know that some people say they'd batteries they'd prefer in their kitchen, whereas other people are like, oh, no, I'd group them with my digital technology things. So it's um, having that conversation and saying, so where would you go looking for this particular item if it had a home um, to then set up that place within your house? Yeah, I think it's very important to collectively have uh, a shared understanding of every, where everything is uh, and yeah. just the psychology of the household, as you were just saying, where people are likely to best <laughs> think, okay, well, yeah. this item, where is it most likely to be? Um, yeah. I think it's very important. And you do mention yeah. in the article also just to share the load, that so delegating tasks. So if you are under the understanding that, for example, that everyone understands that certain systems are in place in the house, it does make it easier to delegate, would you say? Sort of definitely, definitely. Yeah, and like, you know, jobs like chores sort of thing as well, like just, you know, my children choose a, a chore that they'd like to do that year. Each year in January they select something. I've got a list and say, well, you could do this, this and this, and they choose sort of based on their strengths what what thing they'd like to do um, because then they're more likely to actually follow through and do it and only need like a reminder rather than, you know, nagging for it. So that's definitely worked in our house is yeah, sharing load, as well as just through like the shared calendar. You know, that mental load is now not just on my shoulders, but my husband also has that there. Oh, there's a birthday on Saturday. I've taken a photo of the invitation. The address is there, the time, everything. So he's aware of that too. So it's not just me. And if anything happens, you know, he can just jump on, have a look and take over if, if need be. Yeah, it just saves so many sort of just frustrations and stress and anxiety in the household and disagreements and raised voices and all of those things. If, if everyone just has got a, a clear understanding of just what the organisation and the systems are for the house, much more sort of blissful sort of environment to live in. Uh, I'd, I'd love to know also, like, you know, what other organisation organizational tips do you have for families to implement that can help reduce, I guess, the, the mental load overall? Probably one thing that I've um, found, I, it was a podcast I listened to that someone shared this, was an app, and especially if you're not, if you want to do a little bit of decluttering yourself, and it was called TOS, and it um, 
you press it and it gives you an item and it says to go and declutter that and it just breaks it down into really small categories. So, for example, I think mine yesterday was my medication. So I'd go to the medications and just sort through the, you know, dates and out of dates and then I put in um, what the number is that I decluttered and then you don't get another one until the following day. And then you press it again and it gives you a, a new area in your house to declutter. Maybe it's tea towels the next day and you just go and do the tea towels. And you can skip, say it says something about dog things or pets. You can skip that if you don't. It doesn't, it's not relevant to just you. But yeah, it's great though. I, I just, as a free app and, um, yeah, I heard someone else talking about it and thought, oh, I might just try it to be able to recommend it to other people to use. So that would be something if you want to try it yourself. Um, yeah, to to get that app and it will give you some ideas to slowly move through through your house. And is there anything else that families can do, I guess, to help share just that mental load overall? Any any other tips at all? Do you think? Um, I'm just trying to think. What conversation? Seems like communications a really big big part of this as well. Would you say? Definitely, it is huge. And I mean, you could then go into sort of the digital side of it, as in you know emails and setting up things like you know you know folders and things like that to keep it because I suppose that's one of the things working with a lot of clients that are um, NDIS plans it's another thing that they have to deal with so it's even setting up some systems around around that in the home but communicating you know even setting up just a separate email address that deals with children's matters um, could be something if you've already got your own work email and you don't want to be distracted every day when those things are coming in so just having sort of maybe an email that's a family email address seems to have been working we've done that for ourselves but I know other families have been using it too and found that really useful definitely that's just the thing our emails all of a sudden can become very congested um with all kinds of all spammy sort of items and all kinds of stuff that it just I spend half my time just um unsubscribing from things that I don't necessarily need or, or what have you in my inbox. So it's a very clever idea to have one particular email address specifically for very highly important items, like you said, be it anything to do with the family and and maybe yes. uh, even a separate one for bills as well. I think that's, that's great mm-hmm. also. So it all doesn't end up too cluttered. Um, and also you mentioned in your article that we should make time um, to make sure that we sort of have that uh, ability to rest and recharge as we mentioned at the start of the chat it can be quite uh, physically um, exhausting as well so to make sure that we have the energy to keep practicing decluttering behaviors which is really yeah. important um so and so I just wanted to see if you could maybe expand on that just a little bit more yeah, um, definitely so definitely in a, I think it's the emotional side of it too like definitely you know it's quite taxing emotionally um, you know, digging deep and asking yourself why. Why am I keeping this particular item? What is that emotion that it's bringing up? Um, so giving yourself that space to then go and actually work through it and have a think about it. Maybe it's a walk. Maybe it's like yin yoga, which I, I do myself as well as um, teach because, and that's what it was. It was when my son was diagnosed, I started doing that to help me with all the decision-making I needed to do and to stop the overthinking. And so I started practising it and then went, oh, this is such a beautiful practice. I'm a PE teacher. I think I should move into this area. And I really enjoyed working with women and it was just giving them another strategy um, to use in their lives that, um, 
I don't know, I, I just feel with a lot going on, it's a really beautiful way of moving, but also tuning into your emotions because it's not, it's um, movement, but meditation through movement. Um, and, you know, I get a lot of clients like, oh, I couldn't meditate, I couldn't sit still or be mindful for that long. Whereas by giving them the movement, it, it's, it makes it a lot easier and it sort of breaks down those barriers for them. Yeah, there is definitely an energy flow when you are decluttering and moving things out of the house. Besides the physical, obviously you're picking something and moving it. But it's just, it's, it's, it, there is that absolute feeling of flow as well. Mm. And um, it is a very cleansing feeling besides, as I said, the, the obvious uh, physical part of it. Psych- mm. Psychologically, you do feel lighter and you do feel like there is that this greater space in your life, which once again yeah. op- opens your mind to think and, and feel differently. Um, is there anything else you'd like to add to that at all? Because um, I definitely agree with you on that. Like, that, yeah, just by seeing people around me, the clients that I work with, and how it impacts their lives, because then they some days you'll come back the next week and they've done so much more. Like, it just gives them that. Um, motivation to keep going and to to focus more on themselves as well because a lot of them don't they're so focused on their children and things going on and then they may go actually I've now had that that time to think now I'm not just obviously the clutter is just weighing them down so yeah they're able to then maybe put something that they've always wanted like maybe it's to do with gardening it usually seems to be like a little project that they've had that they're like wanted to do and now they have that time and that space and energy to go and do it and and what it 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 isn't so much an end like a, a a hoarding behavior that's an emotional maybe if it's just time that their their lives are just so full and so busy any tips with regards to um trying to just create that that space in the calendar? Is it just, as they say, the only way to eat an elephant is one bite at a time to be able to, as we said before, have a long-term plan and, and sort of chunk it down a little bit into smaller things? Yeah. I don't know. Like, what are your thoughts? Yeah, definitely. I, I would say it's just one small bit. So setting whatever that goal is and um, and then breaking it down and setting a time, a day. Um, I love like definitely I think it's really motivating to take a before photo and then an after photo and I'm really terrible at remembering to take a before photo for clients. I might then take it when it's all out on the floor, which is quite overwhelming for them. Um, but then when it's back in, they're just like so motivated by how it looks and how it feels. And just by setting up the, there's usually like a system around it. It's not just making and it's decluttering so it's not just organizing stuff but it's actually removing things that they don't need in their lives anymore you know it's surprising how many people would have four um hole punches and there's maybe two that they actually don't like and they've bought a new one but they just haven't had that time to remove those other two out of their life and there might be one that's sentimental that they've kept um so it's it's yeah having the time to do that um and yeah just making it small, set one small thing. And I suggest the kitchen's a good one because it's not emotional. <laughs> and, of course, there's, there's really great things, for example, like Facebook Marketplace for, for people to sell things yeah. also, which is just genius. Um, yeah. And, yeah, 
So definitely. Um, and even like, I, I think one of the other things is very intentional about what I do with the things when I, and I don't ever leave the things at the people's house. I take it with me um, because it possibly would still be there next week and it hasn't really then created that space for them. So, you know, we have a local um, dog's um, home and so, and cats. So I drop off all linen. Um, they take that, which is fantastic. You know, Officeworks has so many, um, recycling bins there so definitely all digital and cords and things like that I'll take there for them um, and I sort of have a little route around around Geelong here that I'll drop stuff at those different places on my way to another client's place and then a couple of the op shops that I'll take certain things depending on what it is um, to those op shops and we also have um, Geelong Mums which is also in Melbourne and if there's other items that I can drop there um, as well so yeah tapping into some of our local resources um, and schools a couple of schools I've taken resources that families don't need anymore to to the school so other other people can use it rather than it just going in the landfill. Yeah, it's not only is it beneficial for your for your own home um, and environment and in your mental uh, well being and, and everything else, it's the ability to be able to give back and sort of um, contribute and, and help others in need as well, which is um, yeah essentially important. Um, and my last question really is just about maintaining. I mean, um, maintenance, I guess, is the key to keeping the home clutter and stress-free. Is there anything else that once we've, for example, gone through and we've completed the project and, we're, we're, you know, it's it's all hunky-dory and it's looking awesome, um, like what are your, your tips, for, I guess, for maintaining uh, sort of clutter-free yeah, environment? You know, at my house is pretty clean, but I do have to maintain because it's not going to look that way with two kids. Even though they will follow the systems, it's still going to need, you know, updating every, every. I try to do it every school holidays, just devote a day or two. And then occasionally, well, that has been fantastic. So that's kept me on track of just doing a little bit um, at a time. But, you know, setting a day would be fantastic if you've got a day where you just have one hour, 10 minutes, you know, and you just do one thing. Um, would be a great way to maintain it. Yes. Well, this has been a really insightful chat. Um, I've learnt a lot and I'm about to embark um, on to <laughs> decluttering uh, my living environment. We've had a very busy start to the year and we've just um, launched a big um, e-commerce site um, sort of recently. So that's taken an, an, a big chunk of uh, the last few months of my time, which means I haven't really had much an ability and I do feel my living environment needs a good clean out um so uh and I'm sure a lot of people also you know following 2020 um had although that we were home a lot more doesn't necessarily mean that we had more time with parents having to be homeschooling and and all kinds of sort of other stuff that sort of happened in the last 12 months so it's maybe now an opportunity as we are sort of Fingers crossed, starting to eat out a little bit more into, um, I guess, life post-COVID, hopefully, um, as a vaccine starts to roll out and, and everything else, that we have the opportunity to think a little bit clearer with clearer minds. Do you think? I don't know. What do you oh, think? Definitely. Yes. Yeah, for sure. Yeah. As life sort of gets back to a new normal, definitely. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Anyone want to where, where would be the first area that you need to declutter? For, for me personally? Yeah. Um, my the, the bedroom and the clothing um and I think this is another thing too is because I I, I sort of hold on to clothes that I think oh, I should I'll, I'll be able to fit back into that there's you know <laughs> and I do I do like certain um 
types of clothes in the sense that I'm a big, I love Ted Baker as an example, and they're not necessarily um, all too cheap. So I don't want to necessarily just throw them out, but I, and I, I, my whole thing is I, I'm going to fit back into that. So I'm going to keep that in my, in my cupboard, but you know, it's just, it doesn't always happen. So I need to be able to work through those emotions, I think, to sort of and, and appreciate my shape that it's sort of, you know, it's, uh, there's more of me to love these days. So, um, <laughs> so yeah, I've, I've, I've been starting to try other areas in the kitchen and, and, uh, even the, um, the, the bathroom as an example it's wonderful so once you do start that process of decluttering you do feel so much better it's like a cold shower it's just yes. um you know leaving the big big jobs um is, is what sort of I end up sort of getting a lot of built-up anxiety because every time I open up the cupboard I'm like oh, I've got to do that and I just haven't yeah. had the chance but um yeah so it's I've learned a lot and I hope that everyone watching and listening has as well so in saying that, I mean, how would you summarise your key messages for anyone watching and listening then? Well, I would definitely um, look at just looking at a small area in your home and that you want to focus on and that, that would give a really great value to your family, whether it's toys, games or kitchen around to help with meal planning or, or your pantry or maybe it's um, maybe it's bedrooms so that you can sleep better. So, yeah, just decide what's that one area that's going to give you a huge impact and look at why, why it is that you want, you know, that. So the intention behind it would be yes. my yeah, main tip. And look at maybe also around um, organisation. So when you're going to look at your calendar and how you're going to set that up so that everyone in the family is on the same page. Yeah, there's definitely some really, really key points that you've um, highlighted in the chat today. And of course, they're listed in your article. And we'll have all of those um, links in the show notes um, for everyone to go back and to take what part, if if not all of it, um, to adapt to their life. So we're so grateful for your wisdom and all the information that you've shared with us today. Take care and uh, we'll look forward to the chat, hopefully again in the not too distant future. But in the meantime, stay safe. Much love. Yeah, you too. Thank you. All right, bye. I'm Rachel Monteleone and you've been listening to Kittypedia, the podcast. You can have full access to Kittypedia by visiting our website at kittypedia.com.au or following us on Facebook, Instagram, Twitter and YouTube. We're all here to help make the world a better place for our children and for generations to come. You can start today by helping us reach other parents by going to Apple Podcast, subscribe, rate and review this podcast. Thank you for listening and be sure to give my love to the kids.